Okay, today, like Governor Cox's comments at the end could not have been more perfect for what we're talking about today. You know how he's like, oh, be, you know, learn, learn to accept each other and talk to each other. Uh, if you have me for poli-sci, we talk a bit about how that's required in a republic and different places that didn't do that and whatever. So we're going to talk about a time that people did not do that in our, in our republic <laughs> at all. They didn't come remotely close. But first, let me explain your papers to you. As I was preparing this lesson, John Brown's raid on Harper Ferry is perfect for talking about multiple pieces of evidence and looking how, at how historians reconstruct the past. Because it's rare that we know exactly what happened and we know 100% of what happened. Sometimes we do, like we can answer the questions really well and we're like, oh, this happened and not this. Like the Roy High thing with the colors. I've used that as an example before, haven't I? Yeah, it's really easy to tell that that story is not true. It doesn't take a lot of historic, well, it takes a lot of time, um, but it doesn't take a lot of, of, of special knowledge to disprove that one. But a lot of times when we're like, oh, what was someone's motivation in doing something? Historians have to dig through a lot of things. So usually when someone pops up and they're like, oh yeah, this person did this because of this, uh, they're simplifying. Sometimes that's necessary, sometimes they're just being dumb. So that's what we're doing. So there's kind of an element. There's like the, less, the lecture part. And then there's part you're, you need to explore on your own. And then there's a lecture part. And I was like, do I do that? I, I wrote it on Canvas. And then I'm like, oh, that's stupid. Let's just have them do it. So I just put it on paper. It's a normal assignment worth 10 points like all the other assignments. But I'll put it in your learning journal like your note sheet and I'll grade it then. So that's why I put 10 points at the top so that you could see it and be like, okay, this one's worth more than normal and Crawford's not just, I, I'm not just trying to make you suffer, at least not most of you. I'll leave that out for the thing. So yesterday, yesterday we started and, and things were super political. And then all of a sudden, it turned into this big fight. So let's talk for just a little bit. It's super political over what area? What, it's all about the issue of slavery, but what, what's the geographic space? Kansas. Kansas is the place. How did Kansas even come to be? Well, that's way too long. Uh, let me give you a, a short thing. What was the big thing that made us? Uh, Stephen Douglas even look at expanding into Nebraska? What was he trying to build? Yes, good, the railroad. He's building the Transcontinental Railroad to go across Nebraska and over, of course, through here, right, right past us, and into California. But Nebraska would be a what kind of state? Free. It would be a free state, so he invented Kansas to be the slave state, right? Yeah. So Kansas starts popping up. They have popular sovereignty, so they're going to vote. And what happened when it came time to vote? 
Yes, excellent. A bunch of people from Missouri cruise in. Now, that's illegal. Why didn't the poll workers just stop these people? <laughs> yeah, an aversion to death. Yeah, they, they were armed. When an armed mob comes in, honestly, the best thing to do is stay out of their way and not get noticed. The second best thing to do is whatever they tell you to do. Like, you can always get your righteous indignation up later unless you think they're actually going to listen to you. But in the case of these poll workers, they were not going to listen to them. So, so they came in, and Kansas becomes a slave state. The free staters are upset, so what do they do? They made their own government, and they headquartered it at Lawrence, Kansas. The president declares them traitors, and so some random sheriff and a huge group of people cruise into Lawrence, Kansas and do what? Whatever they want, yeah. They burn the governor's house. They kill between 160 and 190 people. They do all this nasty stuff. So this is where, this is the background. So we're getting now into the next part of the story. Because this is definitely not over. So for starters, with that sacking of Lawrence, Kansas, this is just background. You're going to see why I'm talking about this in a sec. With the background of, with, with Lawrence, Kansas, there were two militias, two anti-slavery militias that were coming in to defend the city, to protect them, but neither one made it in time. One of them was led by a dude named John Brown. We'll talk about him in a sec. <coughs> so now, chronologically, Lawrence, Kansas has just been sacked. So Ch Senator Charles Sumner stands up. He's from Massachusetts. That's not really important. I don't know why I pointed out he's from Massachusetts. But just forget that, okay? He's from the North. So Sumner stands up and he gives this speech. And I have this little excerpt of the speech. So he's giving it. He calls out Senator Butler, who's from the South, and read what he says. So Senator Sumner is calling out Senator Butler from the South. And what does he compare slavery to? A mistress. Well, not just any kind of mistress. How did he describe this mistress? She's ugly. He thinks she's beautiful, but everyone else is like, she is so but ugly. And then he also compares her to a prostitute. It's like, you have sold yourself to, slave, to slavery because you think slavery is awesome, but slavery is ugly and stupid and cheating on you. See this? Like, this is the thing. Now, the South is super sensitive about anything to do with, like, women and, and stuff like that. So this is not going to be received very well, and this is absolutely why Sumner gives it. He's intentionally given an offensive speech. By the way, First Amendment is offensive speech covered by the First Amendment. Oh, you bet your sweet bippy it is. Yes. Good. They meant for this to happen. If you're going to be nasty, that's like, you know what? Let's fight with ideas here. So, by they, I mean the founders. 
Enter Congressman Preston Brooks. Now, I have in the PowerPoint slide that he is Sumner's nephew. That is a mistake. He's Butler's nephew. Oh, so Butler's nephew. Butler's kind of old. By kind of, I mean really. So but Butler's too old to do anything about this. But, but Brooks? Brooks is young enough. He's, he's like, these are fighting words. This is back in the days of like duels and things. So he is incensed. How dare you, sir? So he shows up at the Senate office building. And he goes up to Sumner's desk. And he says, what is wrong with you? He starts yelling at him, just loses his temper completely. And in the end, just starts to beat him with a cane. Like a big, thick, wooden cane. Some of you laugh. Oh, my goodness. This the violence. This is a real beating. This is not a metaphorical beating. This is, this is about the head. It puts Sumner in the hospital for, he can't even stand up for like four months. This is, this is a big, thick wood cane. Hey, so Brooks just beats the crap out. See, now you're entertained, because this is like just violence. Hey, Sumner gave the speech. We'll, we'll stop in a second. We'll make sure that everything makes sense. Now, each one becomes a hero in their part of the country. Now, so this cartoon that I'm giving you, is this from the north or the south? It's the north. How can you tell? Yeah, good. The, the, north, the north is like, we use the pen. In the south, they use the bludgeon. It's hardly complimentary to the south. Although that, it just feels like the north. I kind of like that answer. Hey, let's make sure that you have everything that you need then. So I'm going to cheat off you. Sorry. What led to the beating of Senator Sumner? Sumner gave a speech, an anti-slavery speech that made some Southerners angry, especially the people who were the targets of it. Yeah. No. Brooks does not go to jail. Yeah, I know. Assault is illegal, but... Like... It was a different era. This is, uh, I want to say it's 1857. So Civil War starts in 1860. So when I say we're, we're leading up to the Civil War, we're like a few years before this. And I might have my dates wrong. This might be like 55 or 56, but it's. Yes. This, excellent. Yeah, this is right before the Civil War. And by the way, Washington, D.C. is in the South. They put it on purpose between Maryland and Virginia. They arranged for it to be in the South as a compromise when they built it in the first place. So that's why it's thoroughly in the South. That's going to be a problem for Abraham Lincoln <laughs> come Civil War time. They convinced Maryland to stay. Not every slave state left. 
but it's right on the border between the Confederate States and the Union. So, and that's going to be super important when we start looking at specific battles and things. You're like, you're going to be able to research your own battle. Some of them are super entertaining. Um, you'll, you'll see this kind of playing out. Okay, so you got it. Now, how did they react? Know that the North thought Sumner was a hero and, of course, a victim. And the South thought Butler was a hero. Well, Butler and Brooks. By the way, I never expect you to know these people's names. I, I just, that's the kind of information that as long as you know somebody was beaten for over a slavery argument, you can find his name fast enough. Okay, we good to move on? All right, let's go to John Brown. Now, the nice thing about John Brown is that the man was, would have been like the worst poker player in history. Like everything he feels shows on his face. So looking at this picture of John Brown, what does he look like? He looks, a sadist. He looks really unhappy. The man is angry all the time. Okay, he's just, he's super upset. Yeah. I don't know. In this specific photograph, I don't know. It's very com So historians use the same skills I try to teach you with dates. So like we're, the next date you're going to have to know is 1865. That's the end of the Civil War. Uh, the beginning of the Civil War is 1860, but that's not one I'm going to require you to know. So if I ask you about Bleeding Kansas, you're going to be able to say, okay, Civil War ended in 65, and I know the Civil War lasted for five or six years, so Bleeding Kansas must have been in the 1850s. Does that make sense? Sometimes you do the same thing with a photograph. Oh, this is my great-grandmother. I know it's my great-grandmother. I know it's her because that's her. That's a picture of her. But I don't know exactly when it's taken, but I know she looks a little older, and she's with her son, and her son was born in 1943. So I can estimate this photograph. He's maybe three. So this photograph's probably about 1946, 1947. That's how they, that's how they do it. And that's why you'll have dates like that. Okay, so John Brown is an angry man. He's an abolitionist, meaning, I know you know what it means, but let's just articulate it to make me feel better. What does it mean? He wants to do what? He wants to abolish slavery. Yeah, abolitionist, abolish. And so he wants to do away with slavery, and he's super upset that slavery is going on, and he thinks he's just the man to end it. Now, I already told you one thing John Brown did. Do you remember Yes, he did. That comes in the future, though. We haven't learned about that yet. Stop having such a great memory. <laughs> I told you today he did one thing that had to do with Lawrence, Kansas. Okay, you don't remember. That's fine. Oh, now you remember. He, so he was, he was the leader of one of those militias that was trying to save Lawrence. Okay? 
So Lawrence, Kansas has been sacked. A few days later, Senator Sumner is beaten. A few days later, John Brown decides he's going to get his revenge. He does it at a place called Potawatomi. There will be a pronunciation requirement for, I'm just kidding. I can't believe I said it right that time. I will say it wrong most of the times I say it. Hey, so what prompted the slaughter at Potawatomi Creek? The beating of Senator Sumner, the sacking of Lawrence, Kansas, And I could tell that some of you are interested. I said slaughter. Wait, what about this slaughter? Let me tell you. So John Brown goes with two of his sons. He had like a million sons. He, yeah, don't go there. So John Brown with his sons. He, Brown has a firearm. His sons have swords. They decide to go down this creek and to get revenge. So there's some slave owners that live along here. So they go into their houses, really their log cabins, and they kill them. Uh, they shoot some of them. Others they just hack with these fairly dull swords, beat them to death. It worries me how some of you are nodding and smiling like I don't. I'm going to teach closer to the door for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, so he kills these slave owners. And they call it the Potawatomi Massacre. It's probably not enough people to be a massacre, but it's bloody enough to be a massacre. So, I, like, you can decide for yourself. I don't... You can argue about that later. I, there is no set number. Yeah, it's just when we decide that it's enough people, it's, it's a massacre. There's some that, that are unquestionable because it's so many and so violent. But Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. Did you hear? She said, after these things happen, what do the slaves do? It depends. Most of them will just hunker down in their cabins and sit there and wait. Why would they do that? They're scared of? It's good, yeah, yeah. We have fight, flight, or freeze, and so this is this is a frightening circumstance when someone slaughters someone, maybe in front of you. Uh, if your master dies, you go to the next, his next of kin. So remember, Nat Turner was actually owned by a baby. It's the same. It's the same as any. Understand that they saw these people as property. So if you were an enslaved person, you would go with whatever other property was there. If there's a will, the will would say where you went and who owned you. If there wasn't a will, then it would go to whoever the next of kin. And it works basically, we're talking about the southern United States, which modeled itself after European aristocracy. So we're talking the laws of primogeniture here, the, the law, same laws as the king. So it goes to your oldest son. You don't have a son, then it goes up to your brother and to his sons. If you don't have that, then it goes to your male cousins and their sons. Women at this time were not allowed to own property in most places. That's why you read one of those old-timey books and, like, dad dies, and they're like, oh, are we out in the cold? And you're like, but you live in a mansion. 
It's no longer your mansion. It was your husband's mansion. Now it's your husband's brother's mansion. Yeah, or sometimes like a little kid inherits the thing. a good question. Not everyone in the U.S. hated that aristocracy. And not everyone in history has hated it. So you have, you have a long history of Americans trying to marry back into the European aristocracy. So when we had the big fancy people in the Gilded Age like the Rockefellers, they married their kids off to a bunch of nobles in Europe. Because America doesn't have titles. We're forbidden by the Constitution to have titles. So if you're a Rockefeller, you want to have a title, you have to marry the child of a duke in England. And because they were going bankrupt, because let's face it, nobles are useless. All it means is that your grandpa could beat up my grandpa. That's it. And so they don't necessarily have special skills. Their blood isn't more pure. All the claims that they make. Uh, But that doesn't stop. There's a natural tendency to have that kind of thing. I mean, we have a great example, Governor Cox today. We treated Governor Cox differently. People kept stopping me and being like, you dressed up nice for Governor Cox. And I'm like, I have worn this outfit every Tuesday. <laughs> Since there, so there was a sale on pants at Costco. I kid you not, good pants, $17. I've worn this outfit since Costco had a sale on pants. But today, people were like, oh, you dress up for the governor. I don't dress up for the governor. That's right. So this is, I know I'm, the, I'm stepping into my role as a poli-sci teacher right here, right now. And I know I'm getting preachy. But I'm going to go here. In the United States, we intentionally don't have an aristocracy. We should not have an aristocracy. We don't. The governor works for us. We vote him in. And I happen to really like our governor. I do. I'll, I'll admit that one. It's Tuesday. <laughs> Laundry day is Saturday. I don't know if I'll wear this next Tuesday because I don't do that. But chances are, on Monday, I usually wear I usually wear Levi's and a button-up shirt because I'm feeling lazy. It's been the weekend. It's just the way I tend to be. And then Tuesday, I'm like, I want to dress a little nicer. Oh, Friday, I have a purple shirt. You'll notice I have a purple shirt, pants that I bought on sale at Costco, and this sport coat, usually this one. Hey, so the short answer, it's way too late to have a short answer. But the short answer is that there's always been people that cared a great deal about the, the aristocracy, that always thought they were better than other people. And that system goes into the South. They are, by and large, the descendants of these people. And so they adopt this, this system. And that's, that's one thing with this plantation system. We've talked a lot about the slaves because so much of our population was enslaved. And they deserve to be talked about. What we haven't talked about is the poor other people who are stuck in this system that really is an un-American system. Now I'm just going to come flat out and give you all my political biases. Um, I'm not a fan of the plantation system in general. 
I don't like it when we sit and we're like, oh, so-and-so says this, and they're rich, so we think they know more than someone else. Right? Like Fiddler on the Roof. You know, it doesn't make one bit of difference if you answer right or wrong. When you're rich, they think you really know, you musical theater fans. That, it's true. That's the way we tend to, to view things. And it's dumb. It's super dumb. Because some of our most influential people in history have been unimportant people. They became important because their ideas were powerful. Like Frederick Douglass, who we'll talk about in a sec. Now let me segue back. <laughs> let me segue back to the lesson then. Okay, so we have, we have this slaughter going on at Potawatomi Creek. Terrible slaughter, death, destruction, sadness, sorrow, uh, all this other stuff. So what then? We have Lawrence is sacked. We have the beating of Sumner. But now we have revenge. How are the Southerners, how are the pro-slavery people going to respond to this act of violence by John Brown? Good. Yes, they're going to start their own thing. So they start their violence. So we end up with this situation. Some free staters slaughter some slave staters. So some slave staters slaughter some free staters. So to get revenge for that, some, I don't even remember where we were, but you see the cycle here? So you literally have these roving mobs going through Kansas, and they're just angry at any slave owner, so they just slaughter any sl slave owner. So then you have these roving mobs of slave owners going through Kansas and just slaughtering any random free stater. Do you see why they call this bleeding Kansas? And you thought Kansas was such a sedate place to be. Okay, so are we good? Okay, so number seven, what do we mean by bleeding Kansas? That's just this time period where they're going back and forth and killing each other. It lasts for months. What happens after what? After Potawatomi, that's what triggers bleeding Kansas. Yeah. If the US military steps in, the US military has to take a side. If the US military takes a side, then they trigger a civil war. They could just stop every mob ever. So this, a good friend of mine, he's passed away now, but he was a military policeman during Vietnam, during the Vietnam War. Hey, he's a Shoshone dude, my friend. Uh, you know, Vietnam War was in the 60s and 70s, right in the middle of the civil rights movement. So one night there was race riots going on, on the base where he was stationed. So being a military policeman is hard. Being a policeman is hard. But it's hard. when you're a military police officer, everybody you're policing is trained to kill other people. When you're a normal police officer, hopefully most of the people you're dealing with are not trained to kill other people. Hopefully that's not something you have to face. 
So military police, that's a hard job. So my friend ended up, in the end, the base commander gave orders that anybody found outside of their barracks would be shot on site. And they, he picked up all of the Indians on the, the base. And all of them, there were several native, several indigenous police officers, and they were the ones who patrolled the base. Because they weren't white, they weren't black. <laughs> they were indigenous, so they patrolled the base. And he's like, I was so glad that nobody was dumb enough to poke their head out. Because he's like, we would have had to shoot them, and I didn't want to. So this, the point of the thing is that sometimes you can solve force with force, and sometimes you can't. And so, Sometimes it's more complicated, and remember, President Pierce was an idiot. I, I don't need you to remember anything about Pierce at all, but Pierce was the one who declared all the free staters traitors, so we have problems. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you are. That comes later. And that comes with what you're going to do next. So on Canvas, I have some documents. And what I'm going to have you do is read through and just answer the questions on your paper. Again, I have you doing this on paper just because you could come back and do it. I know there's not that much time left. Oh, no, I bet you could get this almost done today. I'll give you like five minutes tomorrow. The other class didn't need any time, but they didn't ask the really great questions that you guys asked. So go ahead, hop to it, get as much done as you can, and I'll ask at the end of class how you did.